Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Breaking news. Tom Brady made it to training camp two days in a row. That's one, two. We're going streaking. So with Tom Brady. At this point, are we sure he didn't advance in the mass singer? That's why he's back for two days in a row. Well, I don't. You know, I must say, I'm not a a, uh, a watcher of the program. I have seen ridiculous costumes and, and ridiculous people pop out of them. Um, so maybe it was a quick taping. Maybe that's you know. Hopefully, they're filming whatever it was he did, vacationing the, you know, whatever. But but two days in a row, uh, and. He's getting the majority of the reps. They're kind of in a, to be honest with you, they're sort of in a regular season mode in that you see Kyle Trask running scout team quarterback off cards and, you know, the defense is, is reacting to it. I said something to Bulls about, looks like you're you're preparing for Dallas. And he's like, ah, we're just working on something. Yeah, you're preparing for Dallas. And and you know that because of just sort of who's out there and when. Um but why not? You got the extra time to do it. It really doesn't matter. The guys playing against Indianapolis, they'll get their reps, you know, on Friday before the game, sort of a walkthrough situation. But uh, yeah, man, they're going, they're going right to the Cowboys right now at this point. That's who they're working on, and and they should. But but Brady, two days in a row. I mean, you know, Todd Bowles didn't have to answer questions about where he was for the first time. Um, that's one day in a row. But do they answer that's questions what, about when he'll speak? No, they have not, nor, nor has – I mean, I think we've asked, and, and usually you get the shoulder shrug, you know, because it's up to, it's up to Tom. Mm-hmm. I think we should have – there could be a pool, but, but I would win it because it's going to be – they're mandatory. you got to get the quarterback and the head coach um, before the first regular season, before every regular season game, at least, at least some media availability, and then after each game. So – because Dallas counts as a regular season game, I think whatever day they choose, whether it's Friday or Thursday, that's going to be the the next and second time we've talked to Tom Brady um, since training camp began. I don't I don't expect to see him up on on any podium. I could be wrong. Well, he can't let the the mass singer cat out of the bag. I mean, <laughs> so would you stop with so that? I, mean, I, no, I, I told you my theory yesterday, and I haven't made it public, so I guess I could now. But everyone thinks Tom Brady took off to go be on the mass singer. That was the, the rumor. That was one of the rumors. Yeah. Yes. What and he's he on social media has said he is not he did not you know participate not, in the mass. It singer. was not the mass singer, right? I think Giselle's on the mass singer, and Tom had to take care of the kids. Really? <laughs> huh? Wouldn't huh. that be fun? I mean, it's as it's as good of a theory as I've heard. To be honest with you, and 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 you can't totally discount it, but I'm going to discount it. But because yeah. because knowing what I know and and what I know, I haven't necessarily been able to write. But um, I like that story better than Tom being on the Mass Singer, though. I do too. That makes more sense. And just the whole notion that she would say, "You're going to watch these kids." Well, you know, okay? she booked this back in you know February yeah, when you he were retired. retired, man. 
I committed to it, you know? Yeah, so you you don't have football in August. You go be with the kids. That's right. It doesn't. You don't really have to be there, do you? I've gotten that question a few times. Not recently or lately, but in, in the past. It's like, well, why do you got to go? Well, because that's, that's what I do. But, um, but yeah, that would be interesting if uh, she said, listen, you were out and now you're back. And in the meantime, I had a commitment. You're going to watch. You're going to watch these kids. His son, Jack, by the way, just turned 15 years old. It's hard to believe. Not that I was there when, you know, when he had him, but with Bridget Moynihan. Um, but yeah, he's got a 15. I mean, has there been, and I wouldn't think so, but maybe, I mean, first of all, there's not been a 45 year old quarterback ever, but has there been a player who had a 15 year old son in the NFL of late uh, that you can recall? I can't, I don't know this to be true, but it, it seems, you know, that just goes to show you how long he has played, you know, to have, maybe it could be like LeBron. I think LeBron's waiting for Bronny. Yeah, well. To make it to the NBA? Yeah, he wants to play with him. So so what we're missing here is that Tom wants to be on the same team as his kid. So how many years would he have? Uh, about eight years? Yeah, eight or nine like that, years yeah. to go? So he'd be a ripe, what, 54 years old? That's doable. Never say never. I mean, you just don't know. Uh, on a different sport, we're talking about old guys playing. I saw a tweet tonight. I'm assuming it's true. Uh, it said Julio Franco, uh, when he his, played his last game, he's older than Vlad Guerrero Sr. is today. What? And Vlad Jr. is, you know, an MVP type candidate. <laughs> he's older than Vlad Guerrero Sr. When, when is he today? Was, when, when he, he was playing baseball, yeah. he was. How old than, was that? Oh, he was in this. I think he played to 49, 50. Huh. I thought you know another guy like that was uh, yeah Julio Franco who by the way could still rake at that age, Mini Minoso I think he played when he was fifty. Yarmir yeah. Yager's still playing hockey. He's over like in Russia and that. He's still playing hockey. Yeah. How well Gordy Howe was old when he played, right? Yes. Yeah. See, Franco's la- uh, Julio Franco's last year in the majors was oh seven. You know, that's not that long ago. He would have been 49. Wow. Or 40, he started 48, turned 49 during that season. And then I think he went over and played some overseas ball after that. We were doing this exercise today. Um, Albert Breer from uh, Sports Illustrated, Monday Morning Quarterback, was out there. And we were kind of looking at the oldest players in the league. And is Tom the only guy over 40? In the NFL, and I think there's two. Usually, others. there's a kicker or something that's up there. Yeah, there's a, there was a kicker and I believe a punter. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe one of the Colquitts. I'm not sure, but um, there uh, there was only like two players over the age of 40, along with Tom, because a bunch of them retired after last year too. That was part of it. Uh, Andrew but Whitworth. Whitworth retired. Yeah, yeah. he was one. We went through the whole, like, we went through all these yeah. rosters and things. And, Last season, and, according, just doing a quick search, the oldest players were Brady, Whitworth, Jason Peters was 39, Roethlisberger was 39. Peters doesn't have a team. Colquitt ben was 39. Colquitt is, is still on a so team. So now he's 40. 40. Andy Lee. Andy Lee is 39. on a team. So yeah. he, he's 40 now. now. 40. Sam Cook, mm-hmm. 39. I don't know if Cook's on a team. Ryan Fitzpatrick was 39. Yeah. Robbie yeah. Gold was 39. Robbie Gold, I think, w- was not on a team now, but was this yeah. past year. And Aaron Rodgers is 39 this year. He was 38 last year. So. Yeah. 
So there's only, I think there's only like two, maybe three, but like two or three other guys are even 40. Yeah, well, last year was only two. It was Brady and Whitworth. Yeah, and of course, there's none that are that are 45 except for Tom. So, rare air, my friend. It's uh, Yarmer Yager is 50 and still playing hockey in Russia or Czech Republic or somewhere. Why? Like, do you need the money? Or do you just love the game, or I don't know. Can still do it. I guess if you could still do it, why not? Well, that was always Brady's thing. Like, I'm good at it. I enjoy it. Why should I stop doing it? They don't tell a lawyer that you should stop practicing law. Yeah, but... I mean, maybe Yarger's going, you know, those MFers didn't sign me. <laughs> I was on Dan Patrick yesterday. Uh, hold um, on. Let me you you want to pick that up? Did you pick up that name? I did. Okay. Uh, I was on Dan Patrick yesterday, and... Um, and and we got into the MFR story. And if you don't know it, it's, you know, basically um, Brady went on what, one of those barbershop shows or whatever uh, and started telling the story about how he was talking to other teams. And one of the... Now, was this when he was allowed te- to talk to other teams or when teams I don't even know. I mean, you know. He was with Tampa Bay. I don't even know. I think he was in... This is when he was in New England. He was looking for a team and he found Tampa. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, how... Yeah, I talked to a bunch of, I talked to these, this one team and, you know, and they, they looked into it and then, you know, to paraphrase, he was saying, you know, um, and then they told me, no, they were sticking with their guy. And I went, what? That MFR? And um, I said, I'm going to kick your butt. And my theory was, and a lot of people had guessed that, because we knew San Francisco, you know, was one team that, that, that actually Brady's people had contacted and they had, just lost the Super Bowl, and they had a lot of money in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they thought about it, but they said no. So Garoppolo was a candidate. Tennessee with, you know, Ryan Tannehill was a candidate. So my theory was it was everybody that said no. Like, if there was more than one team, probably, that Brady was just going to get them all. There was probably a lot of teams that didn't say no that he put in that category. Absolutely, yeah. He wants to beat everybody's brains, but but especially the ones that said no. And so uh, Patrick had asked me about that because of the Raiders story. You know, and um, apparently John Gruden nixed the deal. They thought about it, and they had Derek Carr, and, you know, so we were talking about that. Um, I was headed somewhere with this idea, but I'm not exactly sure where it was going now. Anyway. uh, You were on Dan Patrick. You were on Dan Patrick. Yeah, that was really right, the point of the whole story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I told the joke. I said, there's a joke going around down here that basically Gruden has won two Super Bowls for the Bucs. The one back in 2002 that he coached <laughs> and the one that he gave the Bucks by letting Brady come here to Tampa instead of taking him for himself in Las Vegas. So I tell you what, man, I messed up on that one. You know what I mean? So that was uh, that was a gig. They put but him in the to, ring of honor a second time for that Super Bowl now. <laughs> well, he got, yeah, exactly. They should recon. He's one, too. They should put him back in. They should put John back in. I don't know. I get. I got some feelings, but, but I understand why he's taken out. But it's not my ring of honor. But it's just kind of weird to me. Bruce Arians is going in. How how you like that? Them apples. That's going to happen in October sometime. I had the date, but not in front of me. But what do you make of that? He's here three three seasons as coach, wins the Super Bowl, and boom, you're in the, you're in the ring well, of honor. They've won two Super Bowls. They got to put at least one of the coaches up there. <laughs> That's true. It'd look weird, right? <laughs> You got wait. You got you got Tony Dungy. You got uh, John McKay, who lost twenty six in a row. Uh, 
And and that's it. I mean, you can't put Shiano up there, so. That's true. <laughs> Toes on the line, blowing the whistle. My boy Winslow. Uh, we'll get we get to the race. We got some mailbag questions too. I wanted to answer in just a second, but first, we were indoors today at the uh, at the Bucks, and it was glorious because it's really cooking outside. So I was like, "Ooh, bonus day!" So we went in there, and the air's on, and I'm thinking to myself, I "Wonder what this air costs to pump this thing full of." Full of AC, and then I realized that um, my air conditioning is running all the time. My electric bill is going through the roof. But we got, we got a solution for you and the Bucks if they're interested. May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated in, uh, business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. There are a lot of fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the made difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and the quality of your appliances through every storm season. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. So speaking of the Ring of Honor, which is done, it seems, annually, and usually one player goes in. There's been a, an occasion where they've had two. Uh, Bruce Arians will be this year. So we had a question about that. Yeah, James had emailed you, and he said, what are the chances that the Buccaneers put Gerald McCoy in the Ring of Honor? Ooh, great, great question. And I think, personally, a great choice. And some people, there was a lot, especially at the end of his career, there's a lot of Gerald McCoy hate, which I never understood. I, I just think it's like when you're the best player on a team that never wins, you get blamed for it, right? Um, when he came here in 2010, he was drafted. It was, I think it was the last year mm-hmm. that rookies um, did not have a, a salary pool for the rookies. It was basically, here's $50, $60 million guaranteed before you play a game. Um there weren't really any veterans on the defensive line. And and a lot of people dislike Gerald McCoy, I think in part because he was, you know, the symbol of losing during that during most or all of his career. Um but also, you know, when he got here, there weren't any veterans to kind of share it with. And he he had a target on his back, but he was an outstanding player. Now not not just a good player, but a really good player. Multiple Pro Bowls. Um, you know, did it the right way, had to answer for every loss, was accountable, never ran from quite hard questions or, or the media, never made excuses, was fairly durable, wasn't a guy that missed many games in his career. Um, and for my money, off the field, one of the best humans that I've ever covered. Uh, and that's not, that's saying something, right? Because mm-hmm. I've covered the work Duns and the John Lynches and guys like this. And I think he's in that category for what he did with his own money um, to help people in this community in particular. Uh, so if they don't put Gerald McCoy in the ring of honor, then they don't have honor because he was all about honor, honor. He, he did every, every honorable thing honorably that you can do um, in terms of rep- representing the bucks on and off the field. Tremendous player. Mm-hmm. And, and I will, it's slanderous to me if people, looked at him and said, and, and the biggest thing he suffered from was what? He wasn't Warren Sapp. 
you know, Warren Sapp's mm-hmm. career ended here. He played a number of years uh, with the then Oakland Raiders. And Gerald, you know, came in right after him. So naturally, the comparisons were just, you're talking about comparing him to a first ballot Hall of Fame player, you know. So, you know, that's like, what, um, the next quarterback that, you know, goes into San Francisco after Steve Young or Joe Montana. Of course, it was Steve Young after Mm -hmm. Joe Montana. Or... Uh, it turned out that you know Green Bay after Favre ended up with Aaron Rodgers, but those things don't happen. You don't generally get another Hall of Fame type player after you lose one. Um, so it, it just it just was brutally unfair. Uh, he happened to play during a time when Buck football was at its worst. I think he enjoyed all of one, two. Maybe three, maybe three winning seasons, well, but no he, playoffs. Did he even None. have that many winning seasons? Um, one or two. It, they were ten and six under um, Raheem Morris. Yep. Um, and I think he was part of that team. Yes, he was. That would have been that started in 09. That was his rookie year. His rookie year. The they rookie were year was two thousand ten. Right, and then uh, they Dirk Cutter went uh, nine and seven, nine was and seven, team? and sixteen. Yep, he was there, and that that was okay. that's the only other winning season. So, so two two winning, two winning two seasons of yep. winning of winning records, no playoff games, yep. no not one appearance in the playoffs. Now he made the Pro Tragic. Bowl six times. Pro Bowl six times. He was um, all pro. Two decade player. I don't know if he was an all decade or no. Not. And Dominican Sue would have been for that decade. Okay, not him. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm, and that was the that was the other thing, you know, the way he left. There was such sort of controversy in in terms of like, so they they chose basically Sue over him, and and of course Sue went ahead of him in the draft. They were two and three in 2010, and it was a clunky divorce, you know, like they didn't really handle it very well. When I say they, I mean the Bucks, and then Sue, of course, his number was 93, so all of a sudden he's wearing McCoy's number. And that was kind of taken as a, a bit of an insult, you know, from, I think, from uh, Gerald. Um, although, he, you know, he knows Sue and he recognizes that that was what he wore. Um, but they gave it away pretty freely. So, you know, some, some bitter feelings at the end. But at the end, but really, a super guy. And, and like I said, if it's about honoring your best players, um, particularly the ones that did it the right way on and off the field, then McCoy should be a should be the next guy in. I mean, he's done playing. This is his mm-hmm. officially really his first year out of football. He got injured a year ago, um, tried to play for the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, I hope um, somehow Bruce Arians has leapfrogged him. Okay, fine. You want a Super Bowl. You want to put Super Bowl coaches in because you've taken one out. That's cool. Um, but, yes, absolutely, 100 times yes. Um, Joe McCoy should go up there. And Levante David's name should be right next say, to it whenever he's done playing. You know, and of those bad teams for years, to have oh. two guys like McCoy and Levante David. Yeah. It's it's Phenomenal. a shame. You know, the, the the Los Angeles Angels are in town this week. Oh, my goodness. And to have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and for them to be that bad year after year. You did, know, did I see where uh, Artie Moreno, they're talking about maybe selling that He team. is uh, exploring all kinds of things, including selling the team, which... Has the fan wow. base very excited? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't say he didn't spend money. No, and the problem is, and, and you know, Joe Madden kind of highlighted this, and others is they went after the shiny objects, but they have no organizational structure in there apparently. 
and and really no plan. They just they went they they spent big money on pool hosts and Rendon and a bunch of shiny objects. Yeah, that none of them seem to work out for them. Yeah, analytics just taking over upstairs, but they're not really in any kind of cohesion. With but they're the, not built the for analytics. Coaches. That's the thing. I mean, it's yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. But yeah. but and this is a debate we have with with the lightning. And at some point, I think the Lightning are going to have to start a Ring of Honor type thing, mm-hmm. because you're not going to retire all these guys' numbers. They can't put them all in the jerseys upstairs. But I mean, right? you know, how many guys on the current team for the Lightning would be in their Ring of Honor if they ever start one? Ring of Honor or retired numbers? Well, retired. I'm saying Ring of Honor type thing. And, and for the Bucks, how many players off this current team will make the Ring of Honor? I mean, Mike Evans, Mike Evans for sure. Chris Godwin. Tom Brady's going in. No question. Oh, Brady's automatic, yeah. Um, you know, Levante David's on this team. He's going David in. David will be in there, yes. Vita Vea's got a shot. I think Tristan Wirfs one day. Yeah. I think he's going to be a gold jacket guy. Um, You know, you'd have an argument for a Donovan Smith down the road, mm-hmm. I suppose, just because of the kind of player he's been. But and, Devin and, White's and, got the chance. Well, you, Devin White has a chance. Really good one. Does Gronk uh, go Antoine in? Winfield Jr. might mm-hmm. make it at some point. Carlton Davis, you never know. I mean, I mean, when you win a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of really really to great players, and it's about longevity with the organization, mm-hmm. um, what their career achievements are, all of that. But all those guys we just mentioned have something in common with the O2 Bucks, and they dominate the Ring of Honor now, and that is they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Could Leonard you know? Fournette go in? I mean, he's signed for three no. more years. Well, but I mean. <laughs> Three more years of running. Yeah. He'd be one of the best backs in the history of the franchise. Those letters would be really heavy to put up there, though, wouldn't they? No, that's a bad joke. That's not, that's not right. Leonard, I kid because I love. You know that. Yes. We've had this conversation. He, by the way, he has the best disposition of any player I've ever covered to go through that whole weight thing and make fun of it and, and, and never be bitter about it. Like, never. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kid. Yeah, you know what? If Leonard Fournette comes out this year because he's going to be the number one back, and they've signed him for three years, and he does sort of what he did a year ago, and they go deep into the playoffs and or win a Super Bowl, heck, why not? Right? Why not put him up there? Um, going to run out of stadium. What's going to happen though? But that's good. That's a good thing I for mean, an organization. To he's already fifteenth on the list of Buc- Buccaneers running backs. Fifteenth, really? Yeah. Wow! If he were to get like a thousand a yards this year. Okay. He would jump to 10th. Okay. And he's still got two years left of contract. He hasn't gotten over 1,000 yet. No. Total yards he has, yep. but not rushing yards, yep. yeah. But, I mean, you know, you figure in three years he could he could move up to. Top five. Top six, seven, maybe. I mean, top yeah. five is about 2,500 yards ahead of him right now. The leading rusher is who? Allstott? Wilder. James Wilder, okay. Yep. Allstott second, Dunn's third. Well, oh, by the way, is James Wilder up there? I don't believe he is. Uh, let's get let's let's start let's go in the wayback machine and get him up there first mm-hmm. before we get Leonard Fournette in there. Yeah, James Wilder was an unbelievable back, and you talk about a team that carried the entire offense on his back. Yep, that was Wilder, so he should go in. I like going back to the old school guys too. Carnell Williams is the fifth fifth highest back in Bucks history. For Russia. Is Simeon Rice in the Ring of Honor? No. I think Simeon Rice has a good argument. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I really he averaged ten sacks a year for his career. 
much a wish was spent in Tampa. Super Bowl champion should have been the Super Bowl MVP. I told that story. I got cost me in a car. I did. I blew it. I think he lost by one vote to, to uh, uh, Dexter Jackson. Mm-hmm. And nothing against Dexter Jackson. The problem is they, they passed around the ballots at the end of the third quarter, and Dexter had two interceptions. Well, before the game was over, mm-hmm. Dwight Smith had two pick sixes, okay? But the game was over at that point. But Simeon Rice affected, when you go back and watch the, the game, Simeon Rice affected that game as much or more than Dexter Jackson did. I know they and, have uh, to, to tabulate the votes and, you know, hand them out and get them in, but that happens in hockey games too. Those like six minutes to go in the game. It's a tie game. And they're like, who's your stars? Give us three stars. It's like, we don't even know who's going to win yet. <laughs> I know. That, you know what? You would think, and and – of course, now we live in a digital age. Even as late as late or early as 2002, they were still doing it on paper. Mm-hmm. So now I, I would think with the digital age, I mean, now you can set up a Twitter poll if you wanted to, you yeah. know, and just say, who's the MVP? Um, so I would think that they could be a little quicker and, and give you longer time to make that decision, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, sometimes it's obvious, but there are other times it's... Sometimes the game's not over. and I mean, like Malcolm Butler intercepted the ball. You know, on the last play, mm-hmm. when Seattle's about to win the Super Bowl, they just hand it off. And if you'd have voted before that play, you wouldn't. He wouldn't have been the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's kind of weird the way they did it back then. But there's there's still a lot of guys that 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 are very worthy of the Ring of Honor. And and to answer the question that we started with <laughs> half hour ago, uh, Gerald McCoy for sure, for sure, he's in the Ring of Honor. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, uh, congratulations and break up the Tampa Bay Rays. They have won nine out of their last 11 games. They are now 12 games over 500. That is a season-high 12 games. They um, took care of the uh, Angels again. This time it was, a, it was a laugher. I looked up and I saw at the end, I saw Betancourt was pitching, and I went, are they behind <laughs> or ahead? Like, wait a minute. Are you, re- you know what? You kind of rarely see... A position player on the mound. If you're if mm-hmm. you're ahead, usually the team that's behind is trying to save pitching. Well, they Gosselin pitched for the Angels as well, so both teams used that both position teams players. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah Bethencourt, and he he pitched a couple years ago. The Padres had converted him to a pitcher. Right, so he was and hitting ninety four, ninety five on the gun, throwing gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he struck out a guy with just. Of course, he started out. He's throwing these really slow, you know, breaking balls and stuff, and then he gassed one guy for for a strikeout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also did a pretty good job at the plate, too, uh, with a home run. His third – I heard it was his third home run in as many games that he has played. Yes, that's correct. Um, so yep. he's on a, a, a bit of a uh, bit of a crush. But well, yeah, he said he 95. felt like Shohei Otani. I mean, you know, hit a home run, <laughs> right. shut out inning. Hey, 12 of 16 pitches for strikes. Yeah. Uh, just gave up one hit, struck out one, you know. Um, Bentoncourt said that they talked about it. 
sort of, uh, you know, about him coming in at some point, and mm-hmm. uh, and he did. So I think you're going to see him again, whether they're ahead or behind. I mean, if they need him for an inning, you know. Other other news that uh, looks good: Tyler Glass now mm-hmm. is really close to coming back. That's yeah, so he exciting. threw a second bullpen session today. Was hitting ninety seven, looked mm. good. Mm. Uh, but as he said too afterwards, he goes, "Look, I, I want to come back this year. I'm trying, but if I'm not a hundred percent, if it's going to hurt me long term, I'm not going to do it. And he shouldn't. Right, right. You know. So this is the the next. He's going to throw another bullpen in Durham." Later this week would be the plan, and then at that point he might go on rehab and, and start to go pitching games. God bless him. Uh, and JT Chargois was back tonight. Yep. So that's Pitch good well. news. I mean, you know, starting to get some reinforcements coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, not only have they gotten Margot and Harold Ramirez back, but it's getting some pitching back as well. So, you know, just when you need it, and then the rosters are going to expand here in a week. Just to twenty-eight, though, you don't get a full forty-man anymore. Did I see that Wander Franco took some batting practice? He uh, did swing the bat again today. So, uh, yeah. You know, people got on me. I, I, and when I say people, maybe one guy on Twitter was like, "Boy, you really negative yesterday talking about how his Wander soft." And I was only asking a question. Yeah. Well, uh, and you've talked about Aaron Stinney as well, too. About not yeah, making the but, team. but that's a fact. Like, listen, mm-hmm. um, I've been told according according to my sources, Buccaneers, as much as they like Aaron Stinney, we probably weren't going to make the team, and that's. They like their guys, and, and their guys are still out there. Nick Leverett's still out there. Um, Luke Gedeke's still out there. You know, they're, one of them is going to win the left guard spot. It wasn't going to be Stinney. I mean, those other two guys passed them by. And the thing is about, you know, you look at a Nick Leverett, and you go, well, why would you keep him over Aaron Stinney? Well, because he can play center, you mm-hmm. know. And when you, get the, when you get to game day and you can only dress 53 guys and three of them are specialists, and one of them is a backup quarterback, you know, you need, if you get an injury to the offensive line and you've got a guy like, say, Brandon Walton who can play tackle or guard, then if I keep Brandon Walton up and give him a helmet, if I lose a guard, i got a player. If I lose a tackle, i got a player. You know, and, and that's sort of what you have to do on game day. It's not just about, hey, we're going to keep the best 53 guys. We're going to keep the best 53 for this team, which means we need some flexibility and, and depth at other offensive line positions. Um, and so, you know, we've been writing about how bad the offensive line looks and it hasn't been good. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the guys that were going to make the team that they thought and hoped would play well this preseason have, and they're still here. And, you know, so um, you can disagree with the evaluation. And certainly if they get any more injuries, to not have a guy like Stinney to turn to is a, is a big problem. Um, people were asking whether, you know, Albert Breer, like I said, was through. A lot of people come through and they go, wow, that offensive line, boy, that's trouble. Are they going to trade for somebody? And I'm thinking, who the hell is there? I, I've seen some trades of offensive linemen of late. But, like, really, do you think that some team has a really good offensive line or even a, a, a serviceable offensive lineman? They go, you know what? We have too many good offensive linemen. Let's, let's get something for this guy. It, I mean, the, when you see – players traded at this point is basically a team recognizing that they're going to put that player on waivers. He's not going to make that football team, but rather than maybe your, your waiver spot is way too low rather than risk losing risk of losing him on waivers. You go ahead and just give them a seventh rounder 
which is usually what, what the compensation is these days, and you get the player as opposed to exposing him to waivers and then, boom, you, you know, he gets claimed before he gets down to you. So that's sort of what's going on here. But these are their guys. I mean, at the end of training camp, these are the guys they would have kept anyway. And, you know, it's like I said, it's unfortunate, but they feel okay. And, and again, they've got another game to sort of prove that. I don't know that Tom Brady's going to play. Bowles has been noncommittal about which starters, if any. Um, certainly hasn't talked about whether Brady's starting. I tend to think not. I don't, I don't know what the upside versus the risk-reward would be to play him at this point. Getting a ton of reps in practice. Going to have two more weeks to do that. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out here fairly shortly. But, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to think that they like their offensive line. And, you know, they, they've got to go out and play better. Hainsey has done well. He, he is not, you know, clearly he's not Ryan Jensen, but he's done okay. And, uh, and now it's up to get a key who I think is going to win the job. And I, I personally will find out maybe later in the week, but I personally think that they're going to start get a key at left guard again. Um, because they know what they have in Leverett, right? They've had him for a couple of years. They drafted this kid in the what second round and, uh, really good run blocker. He's just got to get comfortable over there. So we'll see. All right, we got uh, time for some questions tomorrow. It'll be our mailbag segment, so submit those at, at your leisure when you can. You can do that by uh, sending them in on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Rays continue their series against the Angels. Sugar Shane McClanahan is on the mound for the Rays, and that will be a, a good one to see him against. By the way, Mike Trout, did he get all of it? Just a little bit of it. Whew. What a bomb. But when you <laughs> hang a breaking searing. ball to him, he'll he'll nail it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just that was well struck, as Joe Madden would have said, had he been there. Um, so we got that. The Bucks back, of course, in action, uh, trying to prepare for their game. Final preseason game, final tune-up uh, at Indianapolis on Saturday night. So that'll be fun. Cuts are really coming sometime I think by Sunday at 4 o'clock, or next Tuesday at 4 o'clock, something like that. Um, they're down to 80 right now. It won't be that hard. Check out the Tampa Bay Times, TampaBay.com, uh, for our projected 53-man roster. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back, uh, Matt Baker, later in the week as well, talk college football. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 